The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're catching up again with Sunstone Metals. Code is STM, trading at around two and a half cents for a market cap of $77 million. As we all know, it's uh, one of our premier junior explorers. It's looking for large-scale porphyry and epithermal gold copper uh, deposits in Ecuador, both in the north and south of the country. And uh, its market cap there of $77 million doesn't uh, suggest markets onto this one yet, but uh, it has made a a couple of very big early stage discoveries. But uh, when I say early stage, they do have a resource of 2.7 million ounces at one of them and an expiration target at that same property of 3.3 million ounces to 8.6 million ounces. So one to watch here, obviously leveraged to more expiration success and to bring us up to speed with the story, we have Malcolm Norris, the Managing Director. G'day, Malcolm. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, g'day, Barry. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. And Malcolm, uh, we have uh, talked quite recently, but the big news since then was uh, you've raised $11 million net from a placement. So obviously, a lot, plenty of support out there for the program in Ecuador. Just tell us a bit about what it means to the program as uh, the months uh, in the months ahead. Yes, yeah, so the, uh, the funds raised will be spent on drilling, basically. So um, we've got, at the moment, uh, drilling activities going on at both of our projects, um, our Brahmaderos project in the southern part of Ecuador and our El Palma project in the northern part of Ecuador. Um, and this funding enables us to kin- continue to drill at both of those projects, but that drilling is, is very focused. Um, we've got some key deliverables that we have to deliver to uh, maintain the confidence that investors uh, have shown in us. Mm-hmm. Um, that funding is drilling focused and and then within the project, very focused on a few specific targets. Right. So how many uh, drilling rigs do you have uh, wearing away all up? At the moment, we've got three rigs operating and uh, we've got a lot of flexibility with that uh, with that drilling program. So we can we can add additional rigs or we can take a rest with one of the rigs if we need to while we're waiting for assay results. We have a great deal of flexibility. Our drilling contractor in Ecuador is very good um, and they understand the exploration business. So mm-hmm. we have that ability to, to add or subtract, subtract drill rigs um, depending upon uh, the results, the quality of the results, but also um, our need to wait for assay results to, to make sure we plan drilling very efficiently. So we're, we're very lucky in that regard. Um, there's no scarcity of drill rigs um, at, at the moment. Uh, they're available. Um, there's a lot of exploration activity going on in Ecuador, but mm. the drilling contractor has demonstrated to us that they'll look after us, which is greatly appreciated. That's uh, good to hear, uh, given some of the woe stories we hear from the WA exploration scene in terms of getting drill rigs and the cost of drill rigs and uh, being able to uh, man them up. Let's start down in the south of the country, the most advanced of the projects, uh, Bramadero, uh, where you've got the Brahma Alba 
resource there I mentioned earlier, 156 million tonnes at 0.53 gold equivalent for 2.7 million ounces plus that expiration target, So, which I think we can go a bit shorthand here and say you're looking at a 10 million ounce sort of uh, target all up. Where do you think you are at this point in getting yep. to that 10 million ounce sort of target? Yeah, so we, we've we've uh, put that number out there because um, you know with additional drilling we see that that as being achievable, and so the as you said the mineral resource estimate was just from the Brahma Alba target, which is two coalescing porphyries, um, so they're right next to one another, um, and it was pit constrained, so it was quite a conservative resource. It was pit constrained. And, and both of those coalescing porphyries fall within the one pit. The exploration target then comprised, in addition to the mineral resource, it comprised contributions from three areas. One was Brahma Alba outside of the pit-constrained resource because right. mineralization extends outside the pit and below the pit. Um, it comprised material from a target called Melanal and it comprised a small amount of material, 17%, from the Le Mans target, and at that time, that was that was prior to us making this new discovery at Le Mans of gold-silver mineralisation close to surface. And so the, the 17% that contributed to the exploration target was from a um, higher-grade porphyry system that we had found with previous drilling and trenching, where we found um, in drilling 80 metres at 0.9 uh, grams per tonne gold equivalent, for example, very close to surface. Mm. So, um, so that that was the the exploration target. The subsequent um, to to that release, it was pretty clear to us um, and to the market that we needed to find some more higher grade material. So we identified Le Mans as being the most likely to deliver that, and we sent the rigs there, and and we made this discovery of epithermal gold silver mineralization close to surface. So we've got one rig operating there at Le Mans at the moment, and we did have two rigs, but we're we're waiting for some assay results. So, so the second rig we sent to um, another of the porphyry targets, Plyus, because that gives us the opportunity to update our exploration target at the appropriate time with material from a fourth porphyry target as well. So you know we're bringing all these things um, forward together. Um, the Le Mans high-grade drilling is, is absolutely the focus, and that's what we've got to find. And, and we've got to find, we think, of the order, you know, uh, 40 to 60 million tonnes of material that's around a gram gold equivalent. Um, and if we can do that, then we've got a high-grade front end to put in for any uh, larger-scale development that might capture that, that resource and exploration target. So that's that's the plan at this stage. Right. So that's... Uh... The focus is that epithermal target there. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's an epithermal target. Very common to get these epithermal systems sitting above or beside a big porphyry system. We know that Le Mans has a porphyry because we've drilled um, a small component of it. There's probably a much bigger one sitting there somewhere as well, but we'll get to that at a later stage. Um, but this epithermal system, you know, it's mineralization at surface. Gold and silver, we released... Um, one, one drill hole, 17, that had 177 metres at 1.1 grams gold equivalent, made up of gold and silver. Um, we've released um, two other holes that um, intersected narrower intervals at that grade, 
and broader intervals at um, at a at a lower grade. Mm-hmm. So you know we're still trying to understand the geometry here. We've got I think it's about four holes um, in the in the laboratory um, with results expected towards the end of this month. Mm-hmm. So there'll be continuing assay results coming out, but for for us and and for those that are following the story closely, it'll be additional information on the geometry and distribution of the gold and silver to make sure that the concept of a of a higher grade pit um, is doable, and and we think it is. Well, and importantly, um, these are from surface from near surface intersections. Yeah, they are, and they're positive topographic features as well, so really low strip ratio. Uh, same with our mineral resource um, pit, uh, pit-constrained material at Brahma Alba. That's positive topographic feature. Um, and then the other thing that, you know, we maybe we don't push hard enough, I guess, we get caught up in talking about the geology and the grades, is the logistics of um, developing something in this, in this area are, yeah. are very good. You know, we're right next to the Pan American Highway. We've got adequate um, renewable power in the area. So 93% of Ecuador's power is renewable, mostly hydro. Um, And uh, we're not too far from a port that currently ships concentrate from another operation in the southeast of Ecuador. So all of these logistical um, components add value to an asset. And um, that certainly needs to be reflected in our share price as well. Yeah. And just uh, focusing on that, uh, the Brahma Alba, uh, where we do have the resource, 156 million tonnes at 0.53, gold equivalent for 2.7 million ounces of uh, gold. I was just, could you put that into context for investors uh, when obviously uh, we've been brought up on a diet here of uh, high-grade mineralisation out of the eastern states and uh, medium-grade material mined over in Western Australia, but that is a a lower grade yet again. But the secret to these is the tonnage. And if you could just put it in context with things like Cater East and Alpala and those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Cadia is a good example. Um, The Solgold's Cascabel project, which includes the Alpala deposit, is a good example. When we're looking at comparables, um, you can look at the basic grades, but you've also got to look at at the depth of mineralisation. So Cadia, um, you know, they did have an open pit, but now a lot of their development is is underground block caving. Alpala will be a a large underground development of some sort because the the top of the high-grade part of that ore body um, is about 680 metres below surface. Um, So, you know, we're looking at something at at Brahmadiros that's at surface. So I guess as you get closer to surface, um, you know, you can can argue that the grades um, can be lower and uh, still be commercially viable. So um, there's a bit of a rule of thumb out there, I guess, that you need at least 0.4% copper equivalent in a a large open pit um, and, you know, large block cave deposits are, are... sort of running at, at that grade too, um, such as Cadia. Mm-hmm. So so 0.4 copper equivalent would translate um, at the moment in at about 0.55, 0.6 gold equivalent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're absolutely on par um, with that sort of rule of thumb minimum grade um, cutoff. And that's why we see the Brahma Alba resource um, needing the higher grade front end 
and that way you can pay back all your capital. But once you're once you're operating, these grades are fine; they fly. So, um, so I think it's important you remember that 0.4 copper equivalent and 0.55 to 0.6 gold equivalent um, as being the numbers that you want to uh, have those grades or higher. Right. Okay. The well, well, talking about Cadia there, of course, we've got Boddington over in uh, Western Australia, which I think is around 0.7 um, gold. That's right. And owned by Newmont, one of the the biggest and best mines in Australia. So, the so why haven't we seen that translated into a, a serious value uplift for the company just yet? Well, I think investors are wanting more information, um, and 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 that's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we've we've put out a, a resource because we wanted to build a foundation for the valuation of the company, but demonstrate mm-hmm. significant upside. Um, so I think when we review and and up, update our exploration target, um, that will develop confidence amongst investors that that this is a large scale project, and if we can deliver this higher grade front end, and they see that instead of the Brahma Alba being an interesting resource at the moment, it can be actually um, something of considerable value with lots of upside, then hopefully that will be reflected in our share price and our valuation. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, a bit more, bit more higher grade and a bit more scale, and um, I expect we'll see that reflected in the valuation. Well, I was just wondering, being of the epithermal style, is there potential for some... Bonanza type um, grade there, or is it you're expecting yeah. around the one level? Um, there, there is some Bonanza grades in there. So um, you know, one one interval um, came back at twenty two grams. Um, interestingly, there was a, a bit of a sort of porf, upper porphyry related mineralization zone at, at Alba as well that returned uh, values of eighty seven up to eighty seven grams of gold over one or two meter intervals. Um, what we have done recently actually is is gone back and done a whole lot of reassaying of samples where we saw visible gold. Mm-hmm. And um, we were a bit concerned that there was a nugget effect there. And, and that has been confirmed by these reassays. So one or two of them were lower, but, but um, a significant number of them were, were higher. So there, there is a bit of a nugget effect there. So uh, the opportunity for Bonanza grades is absolutely there in the upper levels of any porphyry we drill mm. and in the epithermal um, targets that we're seeing at Le Mans. Right. So the nugget effect meaning that uh, you proceed on a <coughs> nominated grade, but uh, every expectation you would get uh, elevated returns every now and then as, as you move through the ore body. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, we, we are a somewhat conservative company, so we'll take a conservative position in, in some of this. But... It means that uh, there's a bit of an expectation there of higher grades um, down the track. All right, uh, and <clears throat> you're a classic uh, two stake knives sort of company because you've got the El Palma project up in the north. Uh, we've got the T1 and T3 uh, prospects. Uh, what's the latest from there? Yeah, so um, we're hoping to be in a position to provide an update to the market on um, T3 um, in the sh- in the immediate sort of future. Um, we're seeing some assay results come through, and once those are compiled and we receive them all, then um, we'll get those out to the market. But um, 
it's it's pretty exciting. So El Palma, just to set the scene, El Palma is in this belt that is associated with a geological feature called the Toachi Fault Zone, and that's a um, a long um, regionally extensive fault that uh, is important in localizing mineralization at Cascabel at the Alpala deposit and at the Luri Magua deposit, which is owned jointly by the Ecuadorian government and Cadelco. Uh, both of those are nearby to our El Palmar project. So, um, you know, you've got to have the right address in exploration, and, and we absolutely have the right address uh, at El Palmar. The drilling is, um, is getting pretty exciting, and, and the reason for that is that as we drill more holes here, we're seeing that we've got a cluster of porphyries. It's not just a single deposit. So um, investors might remember that we started off drilling T1. That was because we did some geophysics and T1 was defined by this very clear circular magnetic anomaly. So a bit like a bullseye, we, we charged in there and, and we drilled 21 holes. And we got some you know, su- superb results um, out, of, out of T1. Um, and um, just to sort of quote a couple of those, uh, the first drill hole, um, you know, we had um, 400 metres at uh, 0.65 gold equivalent, and within that was 160 metres at a gram gold equivalent. Um, hole 20, we had nearly 300 metres um, at about 0.5 gold equivalent, and within that 100 metres at about 0.8 gold equivalent. So. So T1 um, is, is likely an ore body in its own right. We then drilled a couple of holes at the adjacent target, T2, and got some really sort of interesting geology that suggested the upper part of a porphyry, and that was mineralized as well, but gold dominated. We then put one hole into T5, which is a small target next to T1. Again, got mineralization. I think it was 60 meters at about 0.4 gold equivalent. And then we started drilling T2 at depth um, into a combined geophysical anomaly. And um, that whole interval was mineralized to varying degrees. But then as we got deeper and we thought that we're sort of going to stop the hole, we started to see an increase in, in veining and alteration of the rock that suggests you're in a porphyry. And we started to see a bit more chalcopyrite, kept drilling, saw little bits of bornite, which is always an encouraging sign in these porphyry things. That's a copper sulfide mineral that has a higher copper tenor. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and that, that, that hole sort of extended into T3. So it went t- through T2 and into T3 to the south. Um, and it's, you know, it's delivered some very, very exciting potential because T3 is a large target. It's a kilometre diameter within this two and a half kilometre long porphyry cluster. So those are the results that we're sweating on at the moment. Um, it, it looks like they're really close, um, so we're hoping to announce something pretty soon. Um, but it, it does mean that we've got you know, similarities to some of those other really large porphyries that are on this Toachi fault zone. Um, so, you know, Alpala, that's a three billion tonne ore body. Lurimagua, that's a billion tonne. Um, you know, let's hope we're playing in amongst those guys uh, with our, with, with our drilling at El Palmar eventually. Mm. So lots of excitement as you go deeper, basically, is it? Well, um, it's excitement as we go deeper because this hole has, has intersected a porphyry at depth, but we then compare it to the geophysics and it looks like the magnetics might be the, the more predictable 
component of geophysics. And, th and those magnetic anomalies extend towards surface. So we've, we've got to drill those shallower positions, obviously, to, uh, to see if they're well mineralized as well. Um, and uh, we'll try to communicate that in our next um, ASX announcement on El Palmar, that, that there's every potential for this deep mineralization to extend towards surface, and that's what we're testing. Right. Okay. Always difficult to choose between one's children of the two projects, north or south, which one's at the moment, which one do you have the most excitement about? Um, I get very excited about El Palma. Um, you know, it, it looks very, very promising and um, it's still early days and we've got lots of targets. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I must stress that's, that's not to discount the opportunity at Brahmaderos because Brahmaderos you know, at surface mineralization in this wonderful location for, for mining development mm. um, with, with clearly the potential for higher grades. We've demonstrated that with our drilling. Um, it's, it's probably going to be the first cab off the rank when you think about advancing the projects through studies. But, you know, we'll see. We'll be, we'll be guided by the drill bit. For sure. Sure. Okay. Interesting story as always, Malcolm. Okay. So let's uh, bring it all together and uh, just give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in terms of news flow in coming months. Yeah. So um, very soon, an update on El Palma. Um, and uh, we'll try to tie in all of these historical results with, with recent results from Hole 26 that intersected the Porphyry and T3. Then later in the month or early July, it'll be pretty close, um, we should be able to update further with drilling from Le Mans. Um, and we're assuming three or four drill holes um, will, will all be um, packaged together to release. Um, and all that on the back of um, a well-funded company based on our, our recent capital raise. So um, lots of optimism ahead. Yeah, absolutely. There we go, folks. Very interesting story. One to watch both uh, in the north and south of the country with uh, a very strong news flow coming. So we'll be watching with interest as always, Malcolm. So thanks for your time today and good luck with it all. Thanks very much, Barry. Cheers.